Do you remember when you started your small business? It was no small feat. It took a lot of late nights, early mornings, and the occasional all-nighter. Bottom line, you've been insanely busy ever since. So why not make things a little easier? Our friends at FreshBooks have the solution. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners. It's simple, intuitive, and keeps you way more organized than a dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. Create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds and then get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. File expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part? FreshBooks grows alongside your business, so you always have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. Join the 24 million people who've used FreshBooks. Try it free for 30 days, no catch and no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash my taught you and enter my taught you in the how did you hear about a section to get started. Hey guys, this is my leak. This is the my taught you podcast. I am back for what might be my last uh, podcast of the summer of my summer refresher series. Um, I wanted to put the series together to sort of force myself to come in and speak to you, but to also make sure that I refreshed myself this summer, um, recommitted to some things and I definitely have. And so I have worked out for eight weeks straight straight, which is crazy. So from the time I started until now, I have worked out every week. Um, I have refreshed my, I have refreshed my, my routine. That was really important to me. And so today I'm here before I take off for a fall, uh, vacation instead of a summer vacation. Um, that was something that I committed to doing at the beginning of the year. In January, I said in the fall, because the summers are just busy for me professionally, but come um, fall, I'm out of here. So um, here I am. Today, we are going to talk about money, money, money. Uh, This is always a popular topic and I have admittedly spent a few weeks trying to figure out how I was going to tackle this since there was such a wide range of questions about how one can go about refreshing. And I also couldn't get a good sense of what people's average income was. I may have to record another one of these based on the feedback I get, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I'm gonna spend a lot of time today on the money mindset. Um, we'll get into the tools, we'll get into some tips and tricks, some things that I have done and some things that you can do to give those coins a refresh this summer. Keep in mind, everybody's saying goodbye to the summer over this Labor Day weekend, but the summer is not actually over until September 23rd. So I want you to stretch this thing out, milk the summer, um, and, and I'm gonna keep talking to you about such things. So. First thing I want you to do is you have to get comfortable talking about money if you want to change or enhance your financial situation. I wasn't always comfortable talking about money because I was raised to be private about it and most of us was. I'm having some black coffee this morning. I never really knew how much money we had or didn't have, but I knew that we could and couldn't get, I knew what we could and couldn't get at times. 
I felt the shame associated with not being able to do things because there was seemingly no money. And when you're a young person and you don't really understand finances, like income, where does the money come from? What's actually going out? What are the habits? All you feel is that shame when you can't go on the field trip or when you can't get your letterman jacket or when you can't get a class ring and things like that. It's just seeing other people with these things that you felt like you deserved. I felt like I deserved a varsity jacket because I got a letter, but I just had the letter, no jacket, right? Um, Today, I'm a totally different person. I'm the friend that will ask you how much you paid for something, your rent, your mortgage, not because I'm trying to count your coins, but because I'm wanting to be sure that I'm not overspending on things I shouldn't be. There are a lot of things I'm doing in this life that I've never done before. And there are some things that I honestly don't know if they should cost $90 or $900. And I'm not too proud to ask. If someone is offended, I apologize. But I can tell you that I have found that asking money questions has saved me a lot of money. This applies to people making more money as well. I realized I had a lot of money sitting in a savings account and just flat out asked my accountant what to do with it. He suggested I invest it. And this was about, I would say I've been investing for about uh, five years now. I would say five years. So you know, he suggested that I invest and I'm like, well, what is investing? So he set me up with one wealth manager who was just a bit too elusive for me. He just tell me to send money to, you know, send a check to me by this date. And then I never hear from him again. And so I went back to my accountant and was just like, I don't like this. I don't particularly care for this person. And I felt like this person was treating me like I was a burden. And I don't know if you've ever felt like that. I don't care if you're at a bank and you've only got $100 in your account. You're still a customer. You're not a burden. So if at any point somebody makes you feel or you feel like this person is treating you like a burden, take your money and move elsewhere. So I found another person because it's my money. And if you don't feel like you should have to explain to someone how all of it works, then I'll find somebody who who will and they did. So now every time I go to my wealth management meetings, I take notes and my wealth manager knows that I need a bit more handholding and I don't think I'm gonna need it forever, um, but I definitely need it now. And I'm taking notes because I still don't always get it. Like um, just this last time when I had an appointment with him, he was telling me about what kind of market we were in. And, and, you know, I had some questions about preparing for a recession. And so I do remember he was saying, you know, I was like, what can somebody do to like prepare for a recession? And he was like, make sure that what you do is customer based. So that was just a little nugget that I took that is, as long as you're doing something that is customer based, um, you're in the right direction. I don't think it makes you bulletproof. Um, but then also making sure that you are working on those soft skills and becoming a person, um, that has a lot to offer. Just recently I tweeted, so I pinned it. If you follow me on Twitter, I pinned this tweet about how to really buckle down on your attention to detail. I think being a person who can knock things out like that will absolutely help as well. So I need you to get your pen and paper out. If you're if you're riding in your car, remember where we are. We're at the six minute mark. Um, I have some summer homework for you. I want you to write a quick essay about your relationship with money. 
Go back as far as you can. Um, what did you know about money as a kid? How have things changed over the years? What are you ashamed about when it comes to cash? What are you proud of? What do you need to unlearn? And that's really kind of been my approach to everything in life recently is like, what do I need to unlearn, right? Because a lot of the stuff that we're doing um, was taught to us and it's our job to unlearn some of these, these unhealthy habits. So Noah Lahava says, money doesn't need you. It can go find someone else to hang out with. If you don't want money, then keep talking about how awful you are with it, how stressful it is, how confusing it is. If you want money, then invite it over for coffee, embrace it, learn about it, talk about it. The more barriers you break down, the more financial success you will have. That is so good. That is so good. I'm going to say it one more time because you guys know how when I really, really like something, let's, let's run that back. Money doesn't need you. It can go find someone else to hang out with. If you don't want money, then keep talking about how awful you are with it, how stressful it is, how confusing it is. If you want money, then invite it over for coffee, embrace it, learn about it, talk about it. The more barriers you break down, the more financial success you will have. Next thing we need to do is educate ourselves. So, there's a lot of homework here, but that the first bit of homework is going to be that essay. Next thing I want you to do is know your numbers. You're going to print your bank statements for the year. What are all of your bills for the month? I want you to print those credit card statements out as well. Print off, print off all of your loan info, your car note. You know, I want you to print off everything. I want you to review your investment account statements if you are um, signed up for a 401k program at your job. I want you to, to pull that as well. Um, and the last thing that I want you to do is to pull the dreaded credit report. I don't know how you guys feel about pulling your credit, but for years, I never wanted to look at it because it felt like the bad report card that I never wanted to look at. I didn't know what was on there. I knew that I didn't have good credit because the one or two times that I tried to sign up for things, I'd be rejected. And a lot of it, was mostly because I didn't have credit. And so um, the thing, the first sort of like getting, embracing our money is knowing our numbers. And I'm not gonna tell you what to do with everything since I don't know what everyone's financial, everyone's situation is, but this will lead you to the kind of information that you need to seek. This needs to be who you are. You need to, you know, have your money Mondays, maybe your money Monday night is, is, is a little cup of ice cream or a glass of wine and where you go over these numbers and you review things because I have found that knowing my numbers helps me catch errors much quicker. And so it's a lot harder to get over on somebody when they really know their numbers. And it, it, kind of helps me understand where I should be. So if ever I'm too far to the left with something, I know that I need to start digging. Um, and I feel like, I don't know if I have these tips, but it's like knowing your numbers means sometimes I'll notice that if I pull all my numbers for the month, you'll look at one particular statement and you'll start to see that little by little your cable bill has crept up or little by little 
your insurance has crept up. And now this means that it's time for you to reevaluate. You either need to call these people and say, hey, I've noticed that this has gone up more. Um, I've noticed that there's more usage in my energy. But all of these things are going to help you understand patterns. And so I also understand sort of like summer patterns, right? If your summer energy usage is usually at a certain point that you know how to sort of like budget and plan for the next year. And so pull all of your numbers, look at everything. And the next thing you're going to do is I think is one of the simplest and easiest things is to get some personal finance books and or education. Um, There are a ton of books out on personal finance these days. Get your Googles on and find the best one, two or three for you. Find a book that's an easy read for you. I don't care if your friends recommend a book. If, If the way the book is written, you don't understand it. You have to find a book that really resonates with you. Go to the bookstore, go to the library, um, go on Amazon and, and look for some, some research. Um, but find the book that's best for you. And if you are going to use services, money coaches and all of that, um, and you don't have the kind of money you'd like to have, I recommend learning as much as you can for free or on the low. Now is not the time to be paying for financial help if you don't have any money. So do not get into that. You should not be spending money to learn about money unless it's a coveted book or something really inexpensive. The next thing is to figure out what our why is. What is your why? Why Do you want to have a better relationship with money? What do you want to be able to do? Now that you know your numbers, is there something that you want to pay down or off? Do you want to be able to buy a new car or a home or take a few trips a year? Or, you know, maybe make it so where you like every summer I take a trip or every winter I take a trip. Or if you're a person who dreads holidays with family, every holiday I take a trip. Um, But what is your why? Why are you doing this? You also want to write this down. Um, so there's a lot of serious homework on this. Uh, and so now I have another bit of homework. Uh, the homework right here is about focusing on our habits versus our dollars. What new habit do you want to build? What financial habit do you want to change? Do you want to eat out less? Set it, set an eating budget for the month and then don't go over it. Do you want to get into the mindset of s- selling versus collecting to become a person who pushes things out versus a person who brings things in? Um, I did that for a while. You know, I would every month sort of round up things that I had collected that had gone unused and I would return them. So if you buy something, and you don't use it in 30 days, it goes back. I don't care if it was on sale because things being on sale is also a trap. It doesn't matter if it was half the price or 70% off. If you're not going to use it, you don't need it. So sales trick us. Um, so every 30 days, you keep a little, you keep a little uh, folder for the receipts of things that you purchased and you every sort of end of the month, you go through those receipts. What have I not used 
at all, honey, you spend a Saturday or you spend a Sunday and you roll all of that stuff back and you let that money go back into your account. And what that does is it trains you to stop buying so much because you're like, oh my God, if I'm going to be spending this weekend, you know, returning all this stuff, it's going to help you to become more mindful about spending. Um, Instead of meeting your friends out for brunch, start start a system where people come over your house. I did that all the time. My friends will tell you um, in the days when I had less money um, and I definitely had my money mindset together, I would on Sundays, like maybe once a month, I would invite all my friends over to my house. I would probably spend about 20 or $30 starting like I would make like a a egg frittata that's so easy to make like it's just eggs and maybe like spinach or whatever you can make some potatoes and onions um you can do a really inexpensive breakfast or brunch and then what you do is everybody bring sort of like a bottle of bubbles right and so it's like hey bring a prosecco 9.99 everybody just spends 10 bucks and now you've got a, a party with friends you know somebody brings the oj or you provide the the two three dollar orange juice everybody brings a bottle that's nine bucks and that's gonna put a put a bookmarker in this because i have um a tip and trick that i am going to share a little bit later um about about this but Um, It's about starting a get money girl gang. So or how whatever you want to call it, get money girl gang, get money girl group, uh, get money group, whatever, however you want to do it. Um, But that is something that you can that is one thing that you and the girl group can do. Um, Something else that I started to do that really helped me years ago was to avoid convenience foods. They add up. If you're going through a drive-through or you're running into a place that can prepare a meal for you in minutes, you are spending more money than you need to. So if you, you have to get things in your mind to always sort of like bring food. And I find that just bringing food in general helps. So, you know, if you are... You know, if you're going to be going out with friends and you keep some snacks in the car, uh, that's super, you know, that's going to cut down on how much you are buying, how much food you're buying. Packed snacks, you know, I keep snacks in my trunk, mostly just for the baby, but it's just like, I always have a box of something in my trunk. Um, But if you are out and you don't have anything, my recommendation would be to run into the grocery store, right? I always, it's healthier and it it saves, you know, get an apple, you know, get a 32 cent apple, grab a rotisserie chicken or a piece of rotisserie chicken. Um, uh Oh, sorry. My, I had an interruption, my bad, but, um, you want to make sure that you're doing all those things. Uh, something that I want to share that I recently started doing is start maintaining your things. Okay. Um, I used to be the worst with this and things would break completely and I'd have to replace them. And that is just, it's a, just a bad recipe for trying to save money. Maintain your larger appliances, maintain your car, maintain your carpet, your rugs, your furniture, you know, getting them clean regularly. Pick times of years 
that you're going to maintain things, right? So in the summer, when you in the warmer months, get everything clean because you know it can dry. Um, and then instead of physical gifts, give people the gifts of your time or the gift of labor. You know, if people have families, people have businesses, people have reasons or ways for you to help them, start printing out cute little gift certificates or go on Canva, you know, or Adobe Spark and make a cute little e-card or something that says, you know, I'm going to give you the gift of like grocery shopping for you. This is going to save you on gifts. And this is really thoughtful. And a lot of times, you know, you're trying to figure out what you can do for people because you want to, to, give them gifts because they give you give you gifts but giving people the gift of time or labor in a lot of ways is priceless so I have a couple of tools that I personally want to recommend only because I've tried them there's only one that I haven't tried but I've heard a lot about it um tools that I think can be helpful mint.com mint.com is an online budgeting website who needs this anyone who wants to track their financial life you can track your bills the bill part is kind of like not that great but you can still do it um keeps up with your credit score and budgets all in one place i really like it for transactions and sort of like keeping up with my transactions um another website that i like for budgeting is you need a budget.com this is for overspenders people who need a little extra help keeping track of their money um it's a little bit more hands-on and and in-depth than mint and their goal is to get you to track every penny and to stay on top of your finances regularly investing 101 if you really want to start investing and you only got about five dollars to invest but you just want to sort of get your investment muscles up acorns.com is a site that automatically invests your spare change and lets you invest as little as five dollars anytime or on or on a recurring basis into a portfolio um for larger investing because i got a lot of questions about investing larger investing is the logical next step after you have saved at least six months of living expenses in cash and more if you have especially high cost of living. Um, This is also after you have maxed out your 401k contributions. And this is because we're talking 401k contributions are going to be tax free. Um, so you really want to make sure that you're putting that money to the side. So once you've maxed that out, uh, if you're under 50, then you want to get into investing. Um, my recommendation. So how do I do it? What do I do? I told you that I am still learning, but what I would share with you is to start researching investment banks and start finding out what their investment minimums are. So, um, just at my most recent meeting, I asked my wealth manager, what is the investment minimum? And he said, $250,000. And I was like, <gasps> so, and I think when I first started trying to invest, that's what that like 200 K was like the going rate, but I'm pretty sure that you can get it going for less. Um, you just have to do some research and find some people that will do it. But I know the big, big banks, but, but spend some time doing some larger investing, spend some time doing some research around larger investing. And I would just say like, once you have all of that saved and maybe you have another five or 10 K then, then do that. But if you are like, you don't have 5,000 or 10,000 extra dollars, um, I would really start, you know, making sure that you got that, um, that rainy day cash, that six months, that 401k maxed out stuff like that.
Um, the last thing I'm going to talk about before I get out of here today is about peer pressure to spend money. Um, I know that that motivates a lot of us. I was just on my Instagram live and someone was saying like, what do you do when you feel this pressure to keep your hair done and your nails done so that you can always be attractive to say a man or a woman. And, you know, I think that that is a really good question and we have to decide, you know, what type of person we want to be with, right? Because if I'm doing all of this stuff to attract someone, I'm going to have to do that throughout the duration of our relationship. And so that is probably not even the type of person that I want to attract. And so you have to find ways to either do your hair yourself, find um, inexpensive ways to to keep yourself feeling beautiful, and then basically just doing your own nails, you know, taking the time and making the time to do those things. And a lot of us just aren't doing that. And so earlier I was talking about like, don't spend money on convenient food. But sometimes when you're really trying to stack your coins, it's like you have to, the conveniences really go out of the window. And that's a lot of what you're paying for is you're paying for convenience, right? You're paying for someone else to do your hair and not you. You're paying for someone else to do your nails and not you. And so it's like letting go of some of those conveniences. Um, So if you go out with friends and you know, it's like, hey, my friends are going to want to do rounds of shots and, and you know, it's going to all be our turn or we're going to go out to brunch. And, you know, I say to only carry cash in these situations. Um, and, and if you feel like, okay, I just don't want to be out with only cash. I want to have my card in case of an emergency, leave it in the car maybe, but um, only carry cash so that, you know, you don't, You're just like, you can just be upfront and say, hey guys, I only got 50 bucks cash on me. So that's where I'm going to be at with everything today. And that's not saying like, you don't deserve another round of shots. I'm just saying that this is what I'm spending today. Um, Another peer pressure thing that you may feel is if you go shopping with a friend or friends that are they may be doing better than you or it appears that they're doing better than you because sometimes people just spend more money and I would also carry cash in those situations if you're out with friends and they buy $500 shoes or $300 shoes $200 shoes and that's just really out of your budget you just bring the cash and it's just like girl I got 80 bucks on me and so that's all I'm going to be spending today and um even in there are a lot of situations that I still sort of do that I set a, a budget for the day this is all I'm going to be spending And I feel nothing when people are spending all this money, you know, on things that I just don't need. Like I rarely, unless it's being gifted to me or I'm using my Amex points, you'll rarely catch me in like a hotel suite. Um, Every now and then I will get one now that I've had Noah, but I just couldn't, I'm just like, if the hotel's nice and the room's nice, that's enough. I don't need to spend double or triple, you know, the amount just to stretch my legs more, you know, but like I said, having the baby, you're like, okay, we need a little bit more space sometimes, but, um, I just don't, I don't do those things. Uh, another thing that I was saying about the peer pressure is start a new circle of get money girls, find the friends that want to save and be thrifty and make plans to talk finances every other weekend with them. Share your tips and strategies, share your resources. Is there a great new plan at your bank? Um, do, do you have a good relationship with the people at your bank? All of that, share these things so that you and your friends can get good with your money and that you're hanging around people 
who aren't feeling that peer pressure is like, hey girl, I got my hair braided for $90. Really? Who braided your hair for $90? This is the type of, this is the type of girl gang you need and the type of people you want to be around. Um, and the, the final words that I'm going to leave you with is a lot of the peer pressure, a lot of the pressure that we feel is internal. Um, we, we may have friends with money, so we're projecting our issues onto them. Don't do that, you know? And if you are the friend that has more money, don't put pressure on other people to spend, right? If they don't have it, they don't have it. So that's all I got for you today. Hit me up on my Instagram. I'm at my league. I'm at my league on Twitter. I love chatting. Tweet me if you had some tips, if anything really resonated with you, um, you know, tag me on your Instagram, Instagram stories. If there's anything that you, any homework that you're going to get started with, I'd love to hear from you. You guys have a good rest of the Labor Day weekend. Bye.